the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. That's this show. And I'm Jack Windsor, graciously filling in and uh, proudly filling in for Bruce Hooley. We love you, Bruce. We're praying for you. And expect your quick return. You know, my absolute favorite topic in school, high school and college, it was economics. I'll never forget Bob Replenovich. He was my AP econ teacher in high school. He used to, he, he, he used to define opportunity cost this way, and he did it in a really silly way. You judge the value of what you got in terms of what you had to give up to get what you got. I never forgot it. In college, I learned the answer to the rhetorical question, what is money? It's a medium of exchange. And the example was, it's what you give someone who may not want what you'd otherwise give, horses, for example, but will give you what you want, butter, at the right price. Money is a medium of exchange. Dollars you can keep under your mattress. And I see your old glass jar over there in the corner with all those coins in it. But digital currency... Does it render dollars and coins irrelevant? Does it track and control the exchange of goods? John Patton is a cryptocurrency and digital currency expert, and right now he joins us on The Bruce Woolley Show. John, how are you today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How are you today? I am super fantastic. I know you're a busy guy. You've got a lot going on. Thank you for carving out time. Um, It's my pleasure. Crypto can be overwhelming and intimidating, so I thought today – we would, we would start the discussion. I know we'll have future conversations. By going through the basics, what is cryptocurrency? Yeah, it's a great question and one that not a lot of people, particularly policymakers, uh, really thoroughly understand. So I'd like to start by kind of distinguishing between cryptocurrencies and digital currencies. Okay. The cryptocurrencies are uh, a medium of exchange that kind of started in vogue uh, with Bitcoin. Okay. Bitcoin is the, the one that everyone has heard of, yep. right? It was created as a concept back in 2008, launched in 2009. And the whole idea behind Bitcoin is that we had a, a means of exchanging value that was not issued or controlled by a central governing authority. Mm-hmm. And that was immutable. That is, because of the blockchain that it sits on, once a transaction occurred, it was irreversible. Okay. It was verifiable, and you knew that once the money had gone from my wallet to your wallet, uh, that, that couldn't change. It was part of history forever. Okay. Digital currencies, by contrast, operate uh, on the Internet generally as an efficient means of transmitting value, but they are controlled by a central governing authority like a central bank, uh, and they have some other attributes that – make them a little bit more controllable, let's say, than something like Bitcoin. There's a lot of specifics on that that we can dive into. So just to reiterate... Fundamentally, I think that the important thing to understand about cryptocurrencies is that it's it's a technology Mm -hmm. that has the potential to replace fiat currency, um, but it's got a long way to go. 
Excellent. Thank you for, for wrapping that in. So you said crypto fundamentally is a technology that has the ability to replace fiat currency. And uh, by the way, John Patton is with us. He's a cryptocurrency and digital currency expert. And he kind of took us through the difference uh, between digital currencies uh, that are controlled by a central bank and those that are not. And so um, really good distinction there. One, essentially, citizens and people who have access can do it and not be tracked and, and it cannot be monitored, controlled or reversed. Um, let me ask you this. One, how this came to – percolated up to me was we've heard people have written books now and they're going, hey, uh, the central bank is is going to really work to have us turn our dollar bills in, have, our, have us turn our coins in and and flip over to cryptocurrency. Has that happened anywhere else in the world, John, that you're aware of? Not 100%. Okay. So there are 130 countries, by last count, that are exploring launching uh, what are called CBDCs, central bank digital currencies. There have been several that have launched uh, pilot programs. There have been a couple that have tried to launch it uh, into production, if you will, Nigeria being one of the best examples of that. The Nigeria, a few years ago, they actually held a referendum and asked people if they wanted a digital currency, and 99.5% of their population said no. They launched it anyways, and in March of this year, they scrapped the program because no one was using it. Uh, there's been a couple of other more successful examples, okay. but the one that I think that most people like to point to is China. Mm. China, during the Olympics, they launched a pilot program within the Olympic Village where they used a digital currency for exchange for everything that was going on during that event. So the athletes would use it to purchase food. The people that came to watch would use it for their hotels. From a technological standpoint, it was a very successful pilot. It worked very well. But we have to ask, when we look at examples uh, you know, throughout, throughout the world, is why are central banks incentivized to launch a digital currency? Why do they want a digitized currency in the first place? That's the question. Because yep. Yeah, because when we look at the U.S., this year we launched FedNow. There's a lot of misconceptions about FedNow. It's not a digital currency. It's not a CBDC. FedNow is a very efficient system for transmitting money between banks. I, as an individual citizen of the United States, I can't access FedNow. It, it really does nothing for me. Okay. But as a bank, I can efficiently move money to another banking institution um, much faster than I was able to before. That's okay. the point of Fed now. Okay. Why the Biden administration and why other governments like China want to explore launching a CBDC is because of the other things that you can do beyond just efficiently moving money. Okay. You could efficiently move money with Bitcoin. Well, why wouldn't they just use that, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason is control. When we look at the example of China, the digital currency that they have launched is tied in to their social credit system, uh, to their monitoring of their citizens' activities on social media, their work activity, their healthcare activities, and they can leverage the fact that the money is, is controlled by this central governing authority to incentivize people to behave or act in a certain way. That's the real driver behind a central bank-issued 
digital currency. Let me stop you there, John. Of control. Let me stop you yeah. right there. This is fantastic. So uh, just to remind, so the FedNow is a system that allows banks to transfer money. It's, it's not a central bank digital currency, but the Biden administration, like other governments, is investigating the use of a central bank digital currency. But uh, they say that it's about efficiency. But you said Bitcoin is efficient. CBDC isn't about efficiency. It's about control. This is where the dystopian novel starts, isn't it, John? It really is in in a lot of cases, um, you know, not a far-fetched conspiracy theory to say that, yes, this is where the dystopian control comes from, is first controlling money. If you can control the means of exchange, you can control a lot about people's lives. The uh, president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, mm-hmm. he has had a lot to say on the subject of digital currencies and CBDCs and Bitcoin in particular. And El Salvador took the more unique approach of just incentivizing their citizens to start using Bitcoin. Uh, They don't issue a currency. They don't have a CBDC, but they see the value to individuals of a digital means of exchange in Bitcoin. That's an example of, in my opinion, uh, promoting digital currency done correctly, right? Done in favor of the interests of the people. CBDCs in general are exactly the opposite. So we, we have about 30 seconds left here, and uh, I think what we'll do next time, first of all, will, will you come back and uh, can we continue this conversation? Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. Awesome. And uh, John, r- remind us who you're with and, and what you do. Uh, about 30 seconds. Go ahead. Sure. So I represent the Alpha Beta Report. Uh, the Alpha Beta Report is an independent organization that focuses on financial education. Uh, we teach day trading to folks that have uh, any level of financial experience. Uh, we specialize in trading the futures markets and in my specialty, crypto. Um, and we've got a, a solid group of guys that uh, you know kind of band together to. Freestyle Friday, final segment. Man, it's fun, it's fast, and uh, it's furious sometimes. Uh, Hey, listen, I want to thank John Patton for doing a super fantastic job of framing up a super important conversation that we are going to continue for a long time uh, on digital currency, cryptocurrency, FedNow, what we have, what we don't have, and what we need to be on the lookout for Unfortunately, we ran out of time, and John was saying that he is with the Alpha Beta Report, thealphabetareport.com. These guys are bent on education and helping you understand the markets. They deal in uh, cryptocurrencies and trading. Just a fantastic outfit. So check them out at alphabetareport.com. And thank you to John for spending uh, important time with us today. We have a caller on the line right now. I understand it's Eric Farley. Eric, welcome to The Bruce Woolley Show. How are you this morning, sir? Great, great. I'm. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm out walking Worthington, uh, delivering flyers, talking to people, and trying to get elected to the uh, school board. So you are a candidate for Worthington City Schools School Board. Then is that correct, Eric? Yes, that is correct. I'm. I, I'm. A, I. This is my first candidacy. Um, first time ever running for public office. But um, I was one of these uh, district residents who was. Um, getting increasingly frustrated with the uh, 
uh, way the board was operating when they got rid of our uh, school resource officers, SROs, that got me into the uh, um, made it made me active. And uh, then as I learned more about the finances and other issues in the district, I became more and more involved. And when nobody was running that was cared about the issues that I did, I got in the race. Well, thank you for standing up and taking, I believe, uh, this is the most important position that a person can run for right now, uh, the thank future. You. Thank you. Absolutely. So a couple of quick things, just some house cleaning things, if you will. Uh, Worthington School District, does that include, say, Thomas Worthington and Worthington Kilborn? Is that all under the, the same umbrella? Yes, yes. The Worthington School District includes those two high schools, so we, we look at those very closely for their academics. But it includes much more than Worthington proper. Um, there's a substantial part of the district is actually located outside the city of Worthington and includes um, some areas of Powell, Columbus, Dublin, um, surrounding, uh, surrounding cities that are all in the Worthington School District. So it's a, it's a very mixed uh, uh, district. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you were tuned in earlier, but it might be serendipitous. At one point in today's show, I played what I consider to be an absolutely disgusting clip. Now, I'm not saying that Sam Shim is disgusting. I'm saying that uh, what he stands for is reprehensible in my book. And I, I played a clip where he basically – not basically. He said that students are first bullied by parents, and we need to protect students from their parents. Now, he was a oh. former board member of Worthington Schools. And uh, I also know that he's the same guy, I believe, who who called school resource officers a sign of racism in schools. So what a uh, <laughs> what what a uh, contradiction <laughs> your candidacy would be to his. Tell us, um, is it yeah, that type yeah. of chicanery that got you involved? And what is your platform? We've got a few minutes here. Tell us what 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 platform you are running on. OK, first, let me react to that. Yeah, Sam Shim is no longer on the board, but I've heard um Tales basically very similar things that he was um, he started out as a more moderate candidate, but the atmosphere on the board has been generally further and further to the left and um, defund the police mentality um, uh, the uh, ACAB type stuff got crept into the board and um, it was it led to the current situation where uh, school resource officers uh, that contract was terminated against the will of most of the citizens of Worthington. So yeah, that's a uh, um, I, I've heard a lot about Sam. Um, my candidacy is nothing like that. Um, the two primary issues that we're concerned with are school safety. Um, the resource officers taking a look at those, not getting they, they were gotten rid of in the middle of the night, almost type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the board was surprised. The uh, uh, the remainder of the board was surprised by the move to get rid of them. Um, the uh, uh, administration was surprised. I don't want to, our board doing that, those kind of things. I would like to board transparency is one of my issues. In fact, I, my issues are basically uh, described by an acronym FAST, F-A-S-T, fiscal, academic, safety, transparency. And we're hitting hard on all of those things, and it's resonating with the community. We're finding a lot of support across party lines. So um, it's a uh, – the fiscal in particular, uh, the – is too high. It's not caring about the people in the district. Right. Our taxes are higher than. Oh, it's a. It's that's a that's a big one. It's resonating with a lot of people. And uh, safety, of course. Um, the uh, um, the tr uh, the academics too. We are just uh, the proficiency. 
Yep. Our proficiency from the high schools is not what it should be. Nearly half of the students are not proficient in mathematics. That's unacceptable. That's crazy, particularly when you think about Worthington schools. I think there's a, yeah. a certain type of mentality that goes, well, you know what? The, the, those those are probably kids that are performing at the higher end. Uh, that's crazy to me. So we're talking with Eric Farley. He is a candidate for Worthington uh, City School or Worthington Schools School Board. And uh, I believe, is it FarleyForWorthingtonSchools.com? Is that where people can go to learn more? Yes, they can go exactly. They can go to they can go to our website. They can learn more. We also have a page on Facebook, um, and uh, the uh, also one of the things I want to put in a plug for my co candidate, yeah. uh, Leah Brakey. Um, and it's very important that people understand that to really affect change on the board, both Leah and I need to win. And uh, if we do, we can in real time start making some changes. But if only one of us gets on, we'll still be fighting that uh, majority that wants to do um, the, what they've been doing for a long time. Well, uh, he's Eric Farley. He is a candidate for Worthington School Board. Uh, and then he just put a plug in for Leah Brakey, B-R-E-A-K-E-Y. And uh, I'm sure we'll have both of them on in the future. Eric, thank you for taking time out of uh, your campaigning this morning to join us on The Bruce Woolley Show. Come back and uh, talk to us soon, okay? Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And you can find out more uh, at Farley, F-A-R-L-E-Y, for WorthingtonSchools.com. That's Farley for WorthingtonSchools.com. Wow. Jeff, can you believe it? We're uh, coming in on the final minute here. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin you down. Give me a prediction for Saturday. Uh, I I got a Ohio State uh, forty five, Maryland twenty eight. Woo! That's a that's a good prediction. You know, Maryland put it to Michigan State. Uh, Maryland put it to Virginia. Now Michigan State was going through its own rigmarole with the you know uh, the resignation or firing of a coach for conduct. But uh, Maryland is not going to roll over. And so it's interesting. 28. Um, so you think that defense is going to get tested big, t- big time because they've, they've held their own up to this point. My guess is they'll come out a little slow and sloppy after the big win in the bye. Uh, I think they might have a little bit of big heads. And Maryland can really throw the ball. So I think they'll score, but I don't think they'll be able to stay with Ohio State the whole game. So your final is 45-28. Yep, 45-28 Ohio State. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll check in on that prediction on Tuesday when I'm back uh, covering for Bruce Hooley. We love you, Bruce. We're praying for you. And by the way, I know I'm short on time. You need to check out the Bruce Hooley Show on Facebook uh, because Bruce uncovered that there was a reversal uh, with the black community leaders who said they weren't going to support the levy in Columbus City Schools. Check that out at the Bruce Hooley Show Facebook page. I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.